Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, we're back from break. Nick, your specialty. Let's jump in to some defense. I know that maybe you were a little bit worried about uh, the way they performed in the first half, maybe some communication problems, some tackling issues, especially in the run game. Uh, we, we just dived into the offense. What what were maybe your concerns, uh, your thoughts, good things, whatever, whatever you want to dive into with the defense? I know this is this is your expertise. <laughs> well, you know, for, for me, George, uh, one of the concerns going in was the guy with the green dot. And, you know, and usually the Mike linebacker has that green dot and Josie Jewell didn't play. And it was like, okay, well, how is that going to affect the Broncos defense? And some of it, a little bit showed up. And when you have your, your middle linebacker who's been there all training camp, he can get guys lined up. There's a certain level of trust that the coaching staff have in him. And I'm not trying to say that Alex Singleton, you know, can't be that guy, but there were a couple of plays that he left out there. He, he had one uh, sensational play where he blitzed. He ran the, the homer over the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. And right there, staying in front of him was Geno Smith. He missed the tackle. Gina was able to step up, find uh, the, the tight end. I think it was Will Disley for the first touchdown. You go back and look at that, and you say, well, that, that hurt them just a little. You look at Jonas Griffin, who hadn't played in a while with that elbow injury, and I didn't think he was going to play in this game. There was, I think, uh, what was it, Kobe or something, the tight end that caught the second touchdown. Yeah. And once again, the, the defense made – Gino looked better than what he really is. And it was just just small little breakdowns because on that play that Jonas Griffin w- was in coverage, you can tell right away it was man coverage. And the fatal flaw that he made, and we talk about it all the time, see it thrown, see it caught. And he's, he was watching Gino the entire time while the tight end is running upfield. If he goes ahead and closes that gap, he does one thing, he makes that throw a little uh, higher so Kareem Jackson can get over in time. But you know what? These are subtle things that can be uh, be fixed. And I know Kareem Jackson, you know, he caused a little controversy when he was asked by Rod Mackey, hey, do you think not, you know, not playing in the preseason was an issue as to why communication wasn't what it needs to be? And he answered, and this is me paraphrasing, kind of, yeah, he would have liked to have played in the preseason. But when I think about what the communication was, it has to do with everyone on defense, especially the linebackers and the nickels and the safeties, understanding who was doing what. And for a couple of plays, you saw Rashad Penny gash the Broncos in the run game, and it was basically because guys were not in the right hole. Case in point, Rashad Penny rips off a play to the right side, and it's just like, well, how did that happen? Justin Simmons is expecting Alex Singleton to be inside the wide receiver, but he took too long to read the play. So Simmons tried to replace him. So now you had two guys inside of the wide receiver and all the wide receiver had to do is stand there. And then boom, I mean, Rashad Penny was into the secondary and Kareem Jackson had to make a tackle. So these are little subtle things. It is not just to say that, Hey, it it was because of the preseason that they were not able to do it. These are things that are all fixable. When I look at it, for, for you, here's another thing that came up, tackling. When you watched the game, did you think that that was a huge problem and that was a byproduct of not playing in a preseason? 
I mean, I, I thought it was definitely a problem in the first half. I mean, look, the defense was totally different first half versus second half, right? I mean, the second half defense was the defense that I think all of us anticipated this season in terms of, you know, Bradley Chubb was getting after the quarterback. Geno Smith, I think, only had 15 passing yards in, in the second half. I mean, he looked like the normal Geno Smith and not Tom Brady like he did in, in the first half, right? right. Uh, but I did think that the tackling was somewhat of an issue. And, you know, coming into the season, Nick, the big question was, can the Broncos stop the run? And I think that's still going to continue to be an issue moving forward. Now, I think they need Josie Jewell back because while Josie Jewell isn't the best middle linebacker in football, like you said, he is the guy with the green dot. He is the one calling the defense. And he is a pretty solid tackler. Like, he's not a guy that's that, that's missing a lot of tackles. I think we saw Alex Singleton and Jonas Griffith both miss some tackles. And you need your linebackers to be your best tacklers, right? So I, I do think that that – was an issue. And I don't know if it's a, pre, a result of the preseason. I think that's all overplayed. Uh, maybe it was because we did see them play a lot better in the second half and they kind of got that out of their system in the first half. But I'm not one that's going to sit there and be like, well, they didn't play well because they didn't play in the preseason. I, I just don't buy into that. Uh, and I, again, I never played in the NFL, so maybe you can speak <laughs> to that better. Uh, but I just think that when you have a guy like Jonas Griffith go down on the second play of the first preseason game, it's probably not worth the risk, right? Because then all of a sudden, maybe you're losing a couple guys in the preseason that don't get to play in that game that they already had out. So I, I just don't, I don't buy into that, but I thought the defense as, as a whole uh, played really, you know, kind of poorly in the first half. They gave up too many big plays. They let Geno Smith kind of pick them apart. Um, you know, I didn't think they had a great pass rush at times. And then finally in the second half, we saw some of those guys, that they've been relying on to make plays. Randy Gregory comes up with the big fumble, uh, you know, strip. You have Bradley Chubb with two sacks in the second half. The secondary was much better. And and Nick, I want to get your thoughts on Pastor Tan because that kid, I mean, he looks like he's been playing in the league for ten years. And he, I mean, he shut down DK Metcalf. And DK Metcalf made some nice plays. He made some really tough catches at times. Uh, but he, I mean, Pastor Tan hung with him the entire game. What were your impressions of him? I also want to know. What do you think of the secondary as a whole, especially in that second half? Well, I saw Pat Sertan. I thought he played well. And I know when you play against a guy like DK Metcalf, we've seen him play and face up against guys like Darius Slay and Jalen Ramsey. And he always wants to be really physical with those guys to try to get them out of rhythm and just kind of make it into a head game. But I felt the young guy did a great job in his second year covering probably one of the better wide receivers uh, in the NFL. And there was a play in the middle of the field. DK Metcalf caught like a 12-yard curl, and he just kind of got up, and he was looking at PSU. But uh, PSU had great coverage. It, it was it was great coverage, off coverage, and he almost uh, got the pass breakup. But for the most part, I mean, that guy has uh, been amazing. I've said it from the very beginning. I will continue to say this. He reminds me of my former teammate, Champ Bailey, the way that he approached the game and uh, he competes. So that's one of the bright spots that, you know, uh, don't really get a lot of kind of uh, shine because of the Broncos lost the game. But uh, overall, I thought the defense uh, played well. Obviously, you know, understanding run fits, being where you need to be, communicating, that was somewhat of a little problem. But I still think that that is something that they can uh, fix up. And when I think about Ronald Darby, I mean, that strip, when Penny had that that big run, I mean, that's great. That tells you what this defense is capable of so I'm not going to look at this first game or this first the first game and say well this team is not going to be a playoff team I'm, I'm not looking at them being a Super Bowl team they could shock me and I'll change my mind 
all I got him as being a, a playoff team, George. And, and here's one of those things that uh, I don't think everyone is, is talking about, but I think we should. When we look at the lack of play in preseason, I would say Randy Gregory did a great job, right? He came out, he didn't have a lot of reps with the defense, but he came out, created a lot of pressure. It was really disruptive in that backfield. And now he got that strip on DK Metcalf. Once again, you know, it doesn't look great. It's the first game of the season, but I, I still have belief in this defense and this team as a whole that they can be a playoff caliber team this year. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that they definitely need to clean up, I think on both sides, but especially on defense, is the penalties, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the the Seahawks had 19 first downs. Uh, I think seven of those came on penalties. So you're talking about, you know, the Jonathan Cooper taunting penalty. That yeah. I, I don't like that call, right? Like, I don't agree with that call, but he's got to know better in that situation, right? You've got, I think it was an illegal contact hit by Randy Gregory, unnecessary roughness by Kareem Jackson. I think Ronald Darby had a PI in the game. Yeah. So those are things that the defense can clean up. And, you know, Randy Gregory talked about it in the locker room after the game. He said, we should have known better coming in that the NFL, they like to throw a lot of flags early in the season to kind of set the tone, to let you know how they're going to call certain things. And while he disagrees with a lot of the calls they had, they've got to know better and they've got to learn from that. Bradley Chubb said the same thing. He said, you know, as a captain on the team, we've got to clean those things up. And that's something we can work on in practice. That's something that we can be, you know, uh, more thoughtful of during games. And so I, I think that that's where, you know, we can talk about a lot of the, the play calling, the decide to kick for it, the fumbles and all those things. Penalties are, are in my in my opinion, the number one thing that they can take care of this week, right? That's something that you can avoid uh, going through the rest of the season. I think you're right, Nick. This is this is a team, you know, I, I walked away. I, look, it's a disappointing loss, right? Right. It felt like, and you say this often when, you're the you're the losing team. Well, the better team lost. I think everybody agrees the better team lost on yeah, Monday. Sure. Night, in my <laughs> opinion, right? Uh, I mean, it, they moved the ball up and down the field on the Seahawks. They got the stops they needed in the second half. Uh, I, I think that this team is is super talented. They just couldn't get out of their own way in the first game. And I think that again, I said it earlier, all the mistakes they had are very fixable mistakes. And I think that you get a team like the Texans in here this week, and I know. We'll talk about the Texans on a different podcast leading up to the game. But I think that this is a really good opportunity for them to, to bounce back. And we've seen teams in the past, Nick, recently here, let a, a performance like this maybe snowball uh, and let it affect them throughout the season or over the course of the next few games. I just don't get that sense from this team. I think that they're going to move on and they understand that, you know, that Monday's game, uh, yeah, they had some mistakes, but I think that they know that, they can play much better and at a better in a higher level. Yeah, there's no such things as a, a good loss. And when I, I look at it, I don't look at it as a loss. I look at it as a, a learning opportunity uh, for the team. Everything that you said is it, it, spot on. And, and this is why I'm still high on this team and, and their ability. Uh, even with the way the first half went, and I look at that first half as being the first preseason game for the Denver Broncos on both sides of the ball. The coaches went in at halftime, they made the necessary adjustments, right? And they moved the ball up and down the field, but it was only the red zone that they faltered and they were not able to score. When we look at the defense, I mean, they were giving up big runs and chunk plays in the first half. In the second half, it was an entirely different ball game. Uh, Gino wasn't late, allowed to make those plays that he was making in the first half. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're two big-time primetime receivers, Really what we're not on, a, on the stat sheet the way that you wanted them to. And I'm sure 
being a fantasy owner of those two players, you left the game a little frustrated because maybe you thought that the, the way that things went in the first half, it'd be a lot different in the second half and those guys would get some touchdowns. But that shows you that the coaching staff made the, the adjustments they need to. Obviously, you know, the, the, the talk is still about the, about the kick. But once again, it's it just in every game, no matter how long your, your season lasts, a lot of these games are going to come down to maybe the last play. Think about it this way, George. And the Bengals game versus uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the field, two good field goal kickers could not kick the game when the field goal, right? And he's like, well, that's, that's a little unheard of, but that's how week one is in the NFL. Now you turn the page, you move on to week two. Now the biggest thing is, like you said, will the Broncos – be able to turn the page and put this behind them and focus on the Houston Texans, or will they continue to look in the rearview mirror? What do you think is going to happen with them from a mental standpoint? Well, I, I liked what I heard from the guys in the locker room after the game. It, it didn't seem like they were too affected by it. Now you get on social media and social media isn't real, right? Twitter isn't real. Uh, <laughs> the reactions on there. I mean, if you get on there and you think the world is ending, you go in the Broncos locker room and, and they seem like, okay, we know that we made some some crucial mistakes and a lot of them, right? They made quite a few of mistakes and they were still in that football game, right? They had a chance to win the game at the end of the game. And so I think that they're going to bounce back. I think that, you know, in, in the past, the excuse was, well, it's a young football team. That's no longer an excuse. These guys have been here. Justin Simmons has been here. Kareem Jackson has been here. Russell Wilson has played 10 years. He's in his 11th year in the league. Garrett Bowles, has been around a long time. Bradley Chubb, right? It's a big year for him. I think that these guys understand that it's a long season and that, yeah, it's disappointing the way they played in game one, but also think of all the good things that they did that I don't think we saw in the past, right? In the past, we didn't see this offense move the ball like they did. We didn't see this defense come up with the stops at the end of a game like they needed to. I mean, how many times last year did teams just run out the clock because the Broncos couldn't stop the run, mm -hmm. right? And how many times did we see the Broncos not be able to get down the field and score points or get in position to score points? So I think that that's how they look at this is, hey, we've got a lot of really good things going for us. Yeah, it didn't go our way game one, uh, but there's a lot of positives. And I think that the Broncos know that. Well, yeah, they definitely know that. And that's why, you know, everyone in that locker room, they're still optimistic. And I know Broncos country, everyone is kind of taking a side either for or against. Yeah, this team is still able to be a playoff team and they have faith in them. And then there's the other half. It's just like, well, we want to fire. They think you hack it right now. Bring out the torches and the pickforks right now. And it's just like, no, calm down. There, there's another game. This is only one game. We don't have a large sample size because, once again, we didn't watch them play in the preseason. So let's see what happens after the Texans game. If some of the same things are showing up, yes. Now we can really dig into the Broncos. But until then, it is like chill, relax, and kick your feet up because there's still 16 more games to be played. Right. And, Nick, you know this. The division games are the most important, right? Uh, when they play the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, they got to win those football games. And, obviously, they've got the Raiders coming up here, I think, in three weeks. So, Nick, thanks so much. Great first podcast, I'd say. Uh, we didn't screw up at all. I don't think, I guess our, I guess our producer will let us know, uh, but, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're going to try to have one every, you know, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is what we're thinking. This was a, a weird week with the Monday night football game. 
myself. You can blame me. I was traveling on Tuesday. But uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in to Touchdown Denver.